welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman, full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts, and a whole lot of oversharing. I want to start this podcast called I'll Marry You, about, <laughs> just in case you have, no, maybe it was like an automatic shuffle scenario, and you were trying to listen to something legit, and then accidentally or I was going to say your iPod. Oh my God, I'm so old. Your device um, switched on to me. So in, c- in case you didn't intentionally press play on this podcast, this podcast is called I'll Marry You. And it's a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman. Not that Olivia Coleman. And it is full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene. Um, and it sort of is, it, we're, we're here to, I'm going to reiterate it again. We're here to help you with the engagement journey and planning the wedding. And we're just going to gossip about weddings and and fabulous things that I've seen and done and what to do and what not to do and just sort of have a bit of a bitch you know um and then we do the interviews with all the industry experts that's the best bit that's actually quite helpful you know sometimes I like to be helpful and that's really really wonderful and also it's just so much fun for me because I get to meet all these fabulous talented people Uh, why they ought to talk to me I don't know and um and that's just really exciting for me and also I imagine really exciting for you to listen to as well because you see all these people and perhaps you follow them on Instagram or you've heard of them and you don't know who they are really or what they do really. It's all a bit confusing because sometimes in creative industries, people just make up job roles, don't they? You know, like they just, oh, I'm the social media PR marketing executive. What does that even mean, Karen? What does that really mean? You know, so that's a wonderful side to it. What I will say is that I don't think, but I'm going to go with I have never... <laughs> profess to be a wedding planner I'm really just here to guide (laughs) and to advise and to offer what I know in terms of how to and how not to this is not a wedding planning podcast I mean oh god it, it that's exactly what it is what am I even talking about I'm shooting myself in the foot and I haven't even bloody begun season two my point is this (laughs) You'd think this was the first episode, not the second season. My point is this, is that I have, I want to tell you about a wedding. I want to tell you about a wedding. And this is the wedding. This is the wedding that I, Olivia Coleman, not that Olivia Coleman, host of Our Marry Podcast, a wife to James, mother to Lola, friend to all. I, Olivia Coleman, finally did a full planning of a wedding. From start to finish, I was their celebrant, I was their coordinator, and I was their wedding planner. So I can actually tell you all about it. So there's obviously a lot to cover, isn't there? And I'm just going to sort of go over points that we spoke about last season, but maybe you're new to this, I don't know. There's so much to talk about. Now, you know, I've done bits and pieces. I've dipped my toe in that pool and that pool and that pool. I'm very wet. Uh (laughs) Christ. <laughs> oh my God, my mum's friends listen to this. My mum doesn't because she's technically inept and can't work out how to turn a, turn, turn a podcast on, but her friends listen to it. <laughs> if you are new, you'll, you'll understand that I like to burst into song at random times and also... I like to pretend I can do accents when really it's like going on a cruise of the UK in one sentence because I go, I really go all over. 
Um, so I've done this and that. I I spent seven years working in a wedding venue where I did everything from the first phone call to the visit to the planning in terms of the venue planning, right? Um, answering all the questions, answering all the emails. I did all the social media. I did all the admin. And then on the day itself, I hand them over because do you know what? Couples go cray cray. So on the day, I'm like, mm, loving you, loving this, glad I could help. Cheerio for now. Have a fab day. Now I'm a celebrant. That's another episode. Go back, go back again. Go back to last season because I talk about it in at length. But I also do a little coordinating. And I basically just want to help everyone do everything all the time and just be a part of everything because I just think it's also bloody wonderful. So I do a little bit of this and that. As we've established, I'm a pool dipper. I my, my toes dip in pools. The end. <laughs> the end of this podcast, possibly my career, because I've just told you all how wet I am. <laughs> I've literally had one coffee. I've had one coffee. I don't understand what's going on. I think I'm high from legs, bums and tums. It's the adrenaline. It's the endorphins. Oh, Christ. But this wedding, this wedding, I planned from scratch. And it was the first time, and I'm not going to lie to you, probably the last time that me, myself and I, as an independent person, as not as part of a venue or another company or another team, just me did that that it was the very first time and I like I say probably the last because my god I'm not I I can do it if I'm being honest with myself if I'm not indulging in my imposter syndrome I can do it I'm more than capable of doing it because I've got so much experience in the industry and I've built up this huge repertoire of the most incredible suppliers especially local to where I am in um Somerset and Wiltshire so Yes, technically I can do it. Do I want to? No, I do not. There are there are so many wonderful wedding planners out there. Some of whom I've interviewed already on the podcast and some of whom I'm going to interview in this season. They are so wonderful and they are so incredible at what they do. Go to them. Don't come to me. Don't come to me. I What I do well, <laughs> I plan a wedding well, but what I do... I, if I, again, if I'm being sort of slightly narcissistic, what I do very well is, is being a celebrant, is doing the ceremony, is creating magic for someone's wedding ceremony. That is where, that's my niche, right? That's my forte. That is the largest pool in which my dough, my dough dips, my, my toe tips, hang on, my toe dips. <laughs> but I did it because I knew them. And they were asking me to. And I thought my balls were bigger than they were. And I said, yes. So there's so much that I learned from it. And there's so much that I'm going to take away bit by bit and discuss with you in future episodes of the podcast. So I'm just, I just want to give you a rough rundown of the weekend because we're recording this podcast um, in June as it ju- literally the wedding just happened, but you're not going to hear it for a while. You know, it's the magic of technology, isn't it, Drew? Drew's my producer. I don't know how he does it, quite frankly. So I wanted to just give you a rundown while it's fresh in my mind because it was, oh my God, it was just, it was just magical. It was absolutely magical. And when I say that, I mean the feeling. <laughs> Technically, I don't know if it was any good. Everyone said it was, but who am I to know? So... They came to me about two years ago 
Now, now this is a fun fact, right? Because you know I like to tell you my secrets. She, the bride, I've known her for over 10 years, 15 even. She used to go out with someone in my family. And we we became we all became great friends. She was at my Hindu. We've been on holiday together. And then they broke up. <laughs> it's awkward. But we got her in the divorce, so that's fine. Um, and so obviously, naturally, you know, it, it was amicable and we just sort of drifted away. But we've always kept in touch. And I just think the absolute world of her. She's just one of the most wonderful people ever. And then, so I knew that she, you know, because we keep in touch on social media and stuff, um, I knew that she'd found someone else and I knew that they had uh, moved in together and then they got pregnant and they had twins. Oh, just, I tell you, why have one beautiful child when you can have two? Plus the matching outfits are just bellissimo. And she messaged me about two years ago and she said, can we meet you for lunch? Because we're engaged. Oh my God. I was, I nearly cried actually. I was so happy for her. You know, some people deserve happiness. I mean, everyone deserves happiness. Well, not everyone, you know, Epstein. But some people deserve, really, really deserve happiness. And she is one of those people. And I was so joyful for her. So I said, oh my God, yes, let's get together. Let's have a coffee. She knew I was, I was working at the venue at the time. So she knew I was in the industry. Let's get together. Sat down, had a coffee. I'd met her new partner, uh, the partner, the guy. I'd met him a couple of times in passing at local events and stuff. And he's lovely. And we said, we all got together, us three. And basically the gist of the conversation was, will you plan our wedding? We've been engaged for a while now. We're both so busy. They've got, they own their own um, business and they've got twin girls who at the time was sort of one and a half then. I mean, of course, where the hell would they find the time to plan a wedding? So they were like, we, we're not going to get married. Unless we have a wedding planner, we're not going to get married. We just can't. We don't have the headspace for it. And we don't want someone else. We want you. We trust you. Is that something you offer? So old Billy Big Bull's over here because I wasn't long into being self-employed. was like, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course I can do that. That is absolutely A-OK. Not a problem. Yes, I'm a celebrant. But you know what? I can plan a wedding from scratch. Totally fine. Little did I know. So the planning process, that's the bits that I'm going to dissect and put into future episodes for you. But I just want to give you a rundown of the actual day itself. So that was two years ago. And literally, just to give you an idea of the scale of planning involved, because when you go to a wedding planner, there are all different levels of service, I suppose. They basically said to me, local-ish, spring 2023, over 100 people. That was it. That was the brief. Now, I normally like larger briefs. I like big briefs. I'm a big brief kind of gal. But they, <laughs> that brief was very minimal. It's a minimal, minimal brief. It was a thong. And so that's all I had to go with. So that is literally, so that from that conversation, from those three sets of criteria, it two, nearly two years in the making, we get to Friday the 2nd of June, Saturday the 3rd of June, Sunday the 4th of June, just so you know, I can count and I know my days of the week. <laughs> Weekend just gone when I'm recording this and it was magnificent. So the venue they hired was a bit of a dry hire DIY situation, a farmhouse with accommodation and then a barn where you'd have your meal, 
the most incredible gardens, woodlands. It's huge. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. And it's super, super local. So straight off the bat, that was brilliant because it took a lot of pressure off me in terms of, okay, if I suddenly something goes wrong, I can go home. I can go to my in-laws. I can go to, I know where B&Q is. I can, I know where Sainsbury's is. Like I can, all these places are at my disposal. You know, if something technically went wrong or a car broke down, I can phone my husband and he can be there in 15 minutes. So having it so local did ease some of the pressure straight away. So we get there on the Friday because this is one of those venues quite often, they are these sort of countryside dry hire places where you have the whole weekend. So we get there on the Friday and we set up and the caterers, again, there's, there's so much backstory. Obviously there's a whole planning, which I will go into. Um, it's really hard to sort of give you the picture, but not the whole, the, all the details. The caterers turned up, um, Vaughan's Catering in Wiltshire, unbelievable. Not only is the food exquisite, but he, Peter Vaughan, who runs the ship, is brilliant, so passionate and enthusiastic, really into sort of sustainability and organic and growing local and all this stuff. He's really inspiring. The man gave me ginger tea. Do you know what I mean? We rocked up on Friday and I, in the house, um, as part of the venue, they only had a barista machine. I thought, well, I bloody hell, I'm not trying that, aren't I? I'll, I'll break that. I'll break that before even the bride and groom turn up. I'll break that. So I was going around with no coffee. I thought I was about to shoot someone. And then he rocks up with a flask and I thought to myself, oh, thank God for that. He's about to pour me a coffee. Would you like a drink, Olivia? Oh, I would, Peter. Thank you so much. Ginger tea? Watch the actual, Peter. Watch the actual F. It, it really had a punch to it, though. It was actually quite delightful. So he's brilliant. But yeah, not only is he brilliant, not only is his food brilliant, but his team are brilliant. Special shout out to Joanna and Kitty and Joy. I mean, they're all brilliant. But so um, Joy and Joanna turned up and they and, and, and we'd hired in because it's a dry hire place. We had to hire in everything. So I'd hired in all the cutlery, the crockery, the glassware, the linens, the candles, the tables and chairs were laid out. And I thought I was going to have to lay all the tables on my own for 137 guests. Super cool. And immediately Peter turned up and went to the catering tent and made sure that was all sort of everything was there that he needed. And then Joy and Joanna came in and said, what can we do? How can we help? Let's set up. I was like, oh my God, I'm in love with you. The man just gave me ginger tea, but you are the adrenaline I need. Caffeine doesn't matter. I've got you now. And they were brilliant. So they helped me set up. So we did all the tables. That was pretty seamless. Took a good couple of hours, mind. It does. These things always take longer than you think. It's remarkable. And then the bride and groom arrive. And then there was about, I think there was about 15, maybe 15, 18 guests, family and close, close friends who were staying on site for the, for the whole weekend. So they were sort of coming in dribs and drabs. Gorgeous weather. So sunny. We had lunch on the lawn. The views are un believable at this venue I cannot tell you and um I'll try to because it's a podcast um and we did all the setup and we we're running left and right and up and down and to the woods where the ceremony was and then back to the barn where the meal was and making sure everyone was happy and everything was was going on and because do you know because I'd planned it actually quite well if I, I think right everything was there and everything was ready and it was all very simple. So it was a case of right, do that, do that, do that, done, next, got it, check. So the Friday actually was pretty easy for them. <laughs> but they were, not only are the couple so wonderful, but their family are so wonderful. It makes such a difference. They were just so 
lovely. And every single one of them was like, how can I help? What jobs can I do? Can I do this? Can I do that? I'm a bossy bitch. So I'd be like, do you know what the first job? Can you get me a coffee? Now that makes me sound like a madam. But actually, if you don't, if I don't have a coffee because I can't work out that fancy pants machine, I will not be able to function. So really, it's in your best interest. So, so I was just sort of delegating little jobs um, to, to everyone to help out because also people wanted to help out, um, which was so lovely. And every sort of every second time they asked, I'd be like, just go and crack open a beer, just go and sit in the sun, just chill out. This is the beginning of the weekend for you guys. Just enjoy yourselves. So I was there on the Friday, on the prep day from maybe 10 till 7. I mean, that's a long day for me. <laughs> I was up at 5 because I was so excited. And then the next day, wedding day, didn't sleep, obviously, at all that night. Didn't help that I had three glasses of wine and then the smoke alarm went off at half two in the morning. So I was awake, wasn't I? I was awake all bloody night. And then I left the house at 9 stopped via the couple's house to check in with the bride who was having hair and makeup and then drove on to the venue where the groom had stayed the night before and the family. The cake lady turned up, Anita from the macaroon. Oh my God, not only did it look beautiful, it, later on we ate it, tasted heavenly. Very light, you know, and buttercream can be ever so sickly. Beautiful, beautiful cake. All the candles were out and everything everything in the room was set up because we'd worked so hard on the Friday. There was actually technically in terms of preparation, very little to do on the Saturday morning. It was really, I was there so early because I was just there and I had to be there for the suppliers coming in and if people needed anything or where can I find this? Where can I find that? Um, all the linens and the equipment were hired from prestige events in Bristol. They were brilliant as well. They've got a great selection of stuff. And all the catering bits as well, which is really handy, actually, when you're planning a wedding. If you can get everything or as much as you can from one place, one supplier, so much easier. You want as few, I think, really, you want as few suppliers as possible. So that's why you have me, because I can do... I was like, I'm the coordinator, the planner, the celebrant. I'm the one-man band at this point. So we were flitting about, getting everything ready. The florist turned up Theodora's in Corsham and made the most incredible arch for the pagoda where the ceremony was going to be in the woodland. It's a lot of words, isn't there? I will, like I said, I'm going to dissect this wedding for you. And then the bouncy castle man <laughs> turned up. 137 guests and 19 kids, which is, I'm not going to lie, terrifying. I myself was terrified, but actually it worked really well because they were all ages. The twins, the couple's twin girls are nearly three. And then after that, they were all sort of, they were either babes in arms or they were like five, six to 11, 12, 13. So the older ones looked after the younger ones and they just kind of amused themselves really. Um, it was a countryside venue. So they just ran through the gardens and through the fields and played hide and seek. And then the bouncy castle was a brilliant idea. And you know, it was white because we're at a wedding. So then everyone started to arrive. I had an assistant by way of my sister-in-law and one of my best friends who was incredibly helpful, would not have done it without her. I asked her about a year ago to help me on the day. Um, she's not, she's done events before, like she's helped at festivals and stuff, but she's never done a wedding. I just know that she could do it. And also she can calm me down. I think initially I asked her to come on board for my own uh, insecurity and to help keep me confident. <laughs> so she was really, really integral to the whole day. And then we had the ceremony and I was the celebrant. 
So I had to take a little bit of time out to, you know, put some deodorant on. Good Lord, it was like 27 degrees. And um, put some slap on, do my hair, change my outfit. Um, and then we had the ceremony. She arrived, she looked absolutely sensational. And now, before, before I forget, because I, like I said, I've said a million times, I'm going to tell you more about this wedding. But one, there are so many key moments for me. And one of my very favorite moments, which I don't think I'll forget for a while, he, the groom, was had his back to the guests, obviously, and was looking sort of in my direction. And as she walked up, she had her dad was with her. And then she had five or six uh, flower girls. And it, it, they were walking, their aisle was through a woodland. It was just so beautiful. And I, as they approached the end of the aisle, which was quite long because of the amount of guests, I said to him, turn around. Turn around, because you'll if you turn around now, you'll see her. And he just said, I can't, I can't, I can't. And he started to cry. So I started to cry. And he was just totally, oh, I'm crying now. He was totally overwhelmed. He had been as cool as a cucumber the whole day. And he was just overwhelmed. He thought, I can't turn around because I'll see her and then I'll just, I'll lose it. And he, he had, adores her he absolutely adores her and I mean she does him she loves him with her whole heart of course but there's just the way he looks at her is just oh god it makes your heart sing so that was the first time that it got me and then the ceremony went swimmingly do you know what's funny is that every ceremony is different and sometimes people are very responsive to my ceremonies there's a lot of jokes <laughs> there's a lot of humor in my ceremonies and every single ceremony I've ever done people have said that was hilarious or that was really funny or I really laughed there and then but not every single ceremony I've done they do actually laugh and this one they weren't very responsive and so afterwards I was I said to Tony my sister-in-law my assistant I said was it was that funny I don't they didn't and she was like yeah it was hilarious and they all said to me afterwards, it was hilarious, but they just, sometimes I think people don't know how to react because they're not used to that kind of wedding ceremony. So they don't expect to be laughing. So they don't, I don't know. So it was professionally speaking, I, I wasn't sure I'd done the, the best job that I could have, but then they sort of assured me afterwards that it was amazing. So it was, it was emotional. It was emotional because for many reasons, because I knew them and I knew what they and what she had been through in her life and it was just it was just so totally glorious to see her that happy and to see her with him. You know, they both lost people that weren't there that were really hugely important to them. And and all the guests knew that. So it was just this overriding sense of joy for for these two wonderful people that they'd found each other and that they were able to have this moment. And actually throughout the whole experience, because I didn't enjoy it, the planning malarkey. It was, it's very stressful, but what makes it worth it? And also I think slightly addictive, really, I imagine for people who are full-time planners is the, the joy it brings and the appreciation. I had people coming up to me even on the Friday, but all day on the wedding, her family and her, her closest friends and obviously the couple themselves, but coming up to me and just saying, thank you so much for, for doing everything that you've done to make this so wonderful for them. And it was, it's just, it is just the best feeling in the world. The best feeling in the world.
I can't, like it is, it's addictive. It's totally addictive. To be able to have an, the honor of creating something for someone that brings them that much joy is just incredible. So we had the ceremony and then it was like, literally heels off, trainers on, hair up, bum bag around the waist. We're in action now, we're back to, we're back to planning mode. Running around with Tony doing this and that, glasses, drinks, ice, chairs, flowers, all that jazz. Then we, um, they had drinks and canapes on the front lawn. And then they went in to, to eat. And after dinner, we had the speeches, uh, which they said the most incredible things to me, which I wasn't expecting. And I cried like an absolute wet mop. Then we had um, teas and coffees and the bar was open and people were just sat outside on the lawn, like just lazing around because it was the most gorgeous golden hour the sun going down, you know, that very rare if we're on this beautiful English summer's day and everyone was just super relaxed. People were tipsy, but at that point, no one, actually, I don't think at any point, anyone was like really drunk, like worrying drunk because I did think beforehand, you know, if someone voms, that's probably my job to clear it up and I really don't know if I can do that. Um, luckily, as far as I know, no one did. Or if they did, they had the decency to do it in a bush somewhere quietly. I'm still talking about vomiting. And um, then the music started, the band were incredible, the Mayhems, and then the bar uh, was open all night. The bar was part of the venue, um, the venue's lower Rudlow Farm. And Sarah, who ran the show in terms of the venue, was just like invaluable. I just, she was like, she just filled me with confidence and she just, gosh, the woman didn't stop. Just did so much and she knows so much. And she was like, yep, we can do this. Yep, we can do that. I've got that, I've got that. She was brilliant. And, and I've said, like I've said, the catering team, brilliant. That The team, I've always known that it's the team of suppliers. It's the people you have around you on your day that make it, that you can trust and rely on. And I know now why um, wedding planners have a pool of suppliers that they like to choose from because they can trust them. It's That's what I found most daunting, I think, is having to put your trust into other people to make sure that they will do their job so that you can do yours. Because do you know what? If they cock up their job, they, they're not the ones to blame. You are. As the wedding planner, the buck stops with you. And that's a lot of pressure. And it's, it's other people's joy. It's other people's money. It's, it's a lot. And I think because I have known them for a while and because I cared so deeply about their day and their happiness, it, it added stress to me. The stressed. But it, the night ended and we sort of clocked off. Tony and I clocked off at about half nine when evening food came out and we had a couple of drinks and then went home and I was absolutely exhausted. And then went and then I went back the next day to clear up, didn't we? <laughs> because that is key, people. No one wants to clean up after their own wedding. No one. I even said to Tony as we were doing it, I was like, even if I, even if I got married... Uh, again, and I didn't have a coordinator or a wedding planner, I would pay someone, I'd pay anyone, anyone, a man off the street, I'll pay anyone to come and clear up the next day because you do not want to do that when you're hung over to high heaven. The whole day was magical. Another moment that I think was really special was um, they were having their first dance and everyone was watching and it was during golden hour and the, the light, the sunlight was streaming into the bar and it was just so beautiful and they're having their first dance and then the, their twin girls sort of joined them and they had a, a daughter each and they were sort of dancing and singing along. And the groom just, again, 
totally overwhelmed, just burst into tears. And he was holding one daughter and then his wife and his other daughter were there with him and everyone was watching and it was just, and I turned to Tony in that moment and I said, God, that is, that is it, isn't it? That is the feeling when you are with the person you love or the people you love most in this world playing a song. And I don't think that's, that's something to be undervalued, actually, the music you choose. Playing a song that means something to you because music is so emotive. And in that moment, and it is pure joy, it is absolutely pure, it's overwhelming. It is the most incredible feeling if you are ever in any doubt about whether or not to get married, get married, if only for that moment. If only for that moment. It is absolute magic. I feel like there's so much I've missed out. I could tell you so much more, but I mean, I'll say it for the 17th time. I'm going to tell you more in depth in future episodes. I just wanted to talk about it while it's fresh in my mind and I'm still bloody knackered. I'm absolutely exhausted. People talk about wedding hangovers. Oh, the photographer, Kate from Copper and Blossom, so lovely. Now I went to her straight away because she's just such a nice person and she had a similar character to the bride so I thought they'd get on well and you've got to like your photographer otherwise they're going to get crap photos, aren't they? It, it was just all magical. It was so lovely and I, 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 in terms of planning, I, ha- I loved it and I hated it if I'm honest and they know that. I've said to them, <laughs> the groom thinks it's very exciting. He thinks he got an exclusive because they got the first Olivia Colman fully planned wedding and the last I'm doing partial planning. I've got a a wedding coming up in three days time that I've I've sort of partial planned as in they're from Los Angeles and they're getting married in Bath. So I've been the the man on the ground, so to speak, this side of the Atlantic Um, and loved that, loved that because she's an absolute dream and and he's wonderful and they've sort of planned it themselves. I've just been their go-to gal. Um, So I'm all on board for partial planning and coordination on the day I offer quite freely because I love that. It's just, it was a lot. It was a lot of feathers in my cap. And I don't know if I'll ever do <laughs> do it again. But having said that, the day itself, the weekend itself, I loved every single minute of it. Hello. Uh, oh, a, a man talking, a man that isn't Alex is talking. Hi, yes, sorry, I'm I'm Drew, I am Liv's producer, and she's actually asked me to field the RSVP for this episode, uh, because the question that we've had come in wasn't actually about weddings, it was about the podcast. So she's given me the opportunity to put my voice on the show and to give her a night off which is fair enough so we had a message from cassie in enfield that very near my old neck of the woods in hertfordshire Uh, and she said hi olivia i love your show i've been listening since quite near the start of it in 2022 in the lead up to my wedding earlier this year and have kept on listening after we got married keep up the great work My question isn't actually about weddings, it's about the podcast. I just wondered how it got started or how you came up with the idea for it. It seems like a fun thing to do, but I wouldn't know where to start. So, the the short version is the podcast started because I pitched it to Liv. I started offering podcast production services on a kind of freelance basis a couple of years ago, 
as as a bit of a side hustle and i was doing one-off editing jobs and and little bits and bobs uh, around the day job but i wanted to get something a bit bigger on on my portfolio and so i thought to myself right who who do i know that has the kind of charisma and energy to front a podcast and who would enjoy recording a podcast uh they've who's got expertise in their field and has a business that is doing well enough that they could justify paying me a bit of money to help them make a show and so i thought of live i've i've known live for oh christ for 16 years now we were contemporaries at university and so she was gracious enough that get that gave me enough cachet that she heard me out when I kind of raised this out of the blue and just said, Hey, you know, you're, you're great. You're funny. You're magnetic. You could do a podcast, uh, uh, and give advice about planning weddings and tell stories and, and talk to people in the wedding industry and in the hopes that it would help her to build her frankly, already really good kind of personal brand around her celebrant business and and sort of get people even more engaged with her as a person and hopefully pull in some more bookings and for some reason she said yes and thank god she did because she's a natural and she's great so cassie as far as coming up with an idea for a podcast and getting started you've you've just got to find uh, a topic your topic that you are passionate about that you can talk about at length kind of semi-regularly if it's something that you just want to do for fun that's that's basically it you you can get on spotify for podcasters which is completely free it, there's a load of stuff out there that spotify will own your content if you if you put your podcast up through that that's rubbish that's not true and and, and from there you can record straight onto i believe straight onto their app just on your phone microphone and you can put your stuff out into the world that's that's it if you're if you've got a business and you're you're looking to kind of grow the thing and do the the horrible marketing speak of having a, a new customer funnel then just make sure you keep in mind who your target audience is and what value you are giving them as long as as long as, as well as the benefits that you get from the increase in personal connection that you do get with an audience on a podcast. And actually, you know, taking the opportunity for a shameless plug, if you want a hand on anything, if any of anyone listening wants a hand setting up a podcast, all of my contact details are at the bottom of the show notes and I would be really happy to talk with anyone who wants some advice on getting started and to come up with ideas and see what they can do. So yeah, there we go, Cassie. I hope that was helpful. It might not have been. Who knows? Uh, the, the, this is why I, I don't host many podcasts that I leave it to live. Uh, I'm going to go now. I will. I won't speak to you next time. Live will. So yeah, bye. Thank you so much for listening. It really does mean the world. If you find this podcast even remotely helpful or moderately entertaining, share with all your friends and family. You can DM me any questions, queries, if you want to share any stories on the podcast Instagram at I'll Marry You Podcast. Get in touch. I want to hear all your tall tales. See you soon.
I'll Marry You is a podcast by Olivia Coleman. The music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones, and the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee.